A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. All right, let's talk football here with uh, Colette Wong, the uh, Fox Sports presenter, and Neil Humphreys as we uh, look at the intriguing quarterfinal mm. draw for the UEFA Champions League. And we spoke about it earlier on, but just to, to recap, we have Tottenham Hotzer against Manchester City, All England Affair in the uh, quarterfinals. We also have Ajax against Juventus, Liverpool against Porto, and Barcelona against Manchester United. And Colette, potentially we could have... Manchester United against Liverpool in the semi-finals. That's right. It's not going to happen, though. (laughs) I think Liverpool will go through, but it's going to be really difficult for Manchester United to overcome Barcelona. I'm looking forward to that trip, though, to the Mm. new Camp, because that's 20 years since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer scored the winning goal against Bayern Munich at the new Camp. That's right. And now he's back as the manager. You know, he's brought so much magic, and it's really a miracle what he's done at Manchester United now. But to see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer go mm. back to the new Camp now to play against Barcelona, mm. that's going to be quite special. So that's that's probably the, the match that I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, it is the tie of the round. There's no doubt about that. But I've got a... I'm developing a big soft spot for Liverpool uh, this season. Mm. Uh, and I think Porto is a very kind draw. It's, yes. it's the easiest team in, yes. the, in, this, in the quarterfinals. Former Jose Mourinho team, of course. Yes, of course. Won the Champions League with them. Yes. Um, but I think they are the weakest side in the draw. I thought it was very interesting yesterday that Jurgen, uh, Jurgen Klopp, a little bit of criticism, not criticism, but the same allegation about, you know, it's all about winning trophies, being measured by mm. trophies. Mm. And he said, no, it isn't. I'm measured by God. Yes. <laughs> I, I will def- my success or failure will be determined by God. I mean, I think it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. He said, I'm not interested in trophies. You are, Jürgen, because mm. if you don't win any, you'll get fired eventually. Well, he's got to protect himself, right? Yes, of course he has. So I understand that. But it's just that those quotes he comes out with, he's so enigmatic, he's yeah. so smiley, so beaming. And Solskjaer has, has brought yes. a little bit of that back to Manchester Absolutely. United. I always say that... You know, a man you and Liverpool fans listening can argue which one. But I always say Man U and Liverpool are the Batman and the Joker of the English Premier League because they complete each other. Mm. And you can argue about which is Batman, which is Joker. Mm. I think it probably changes. But they complete each other. Mm. And when one side is weaker than the other, it, it doesn't it's not just detrimental for the teams, yeah. it's actually detrimental for English football all the way to Singapore. And I say this objectively, when I write columns. And they say, oh, you're pro-Liverpool or you're pro-Man U. I'm pro-nobody. I'm just pro-English football. Hang on, you're pro-West Ham, aren't you? I was until puberty. And then, uh, puberty? I okay, that's so few years ago. Week, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting to finish. Yeah, I'm still waiting to finish. Uh, I forgot now, I'm talking about puberty. Sorry. <laughs> I'm the only grey-haired boy going through puberty. Yes, so I think that Man U and Liverpool... We all need, mm. all of us, no matter who we support, I genuinely believe we need a Man U Liverpool mm. competing and sort of challenging almost at the same level, don't you think? Yeah. Well, at this moment, this point in time, like if you asked me a few months ago if Liverpool played against Manchester United, who would win? Definitely Liverpool, yeah. they were so dominant, you know, and they still are. But the thing is, Manchester United have crept up ever mm. since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over. You know, he's transformed players like Rashford, who's yeah. now one of the, I think, one of the best players and strikers in, yeah. Yeah, in Europe. And Pogba as well, who was terrible mm. under Jose Mourinho. He's just transformed Manchester United. And they're still not the complete product. Obviously, they've got loads of mm. injuries and how they pulled off that miracle against PSG. I have no idea. But, you know... 
if Liverpool and Manchester United were to go head-to-head now, today, maybe in the semi-finals of the Champions League, who knows? I think that's going to be a riveting match. You couldn't tell. I mean, on current form, you couldn't tell. You're absolutely right. I mean, Solskjaer, I was looking at the squad recently, both the current 11, and he's got like nine or ten players yes. out injured. Yes. But you can make a case that almost every single player in the entire squad, on the bench, on the pitch, in reserve, has improved under Solskjaer, yes. with a possible exception of Alexis Sanchez. He mm-hmm. just can't seem to get... I'm not sure what's wrong with that guy, whether it's age or a loss of pace, but he can't quite get back to what he was at Arsenal. But Sanchez aside, every player has transformed, yes. which is a scathing mm-hmm. indictment of the surly teenager that they fired, <laughs> you know, Jose he's Mourinho. Got, he's got hair like you. He does, yeah. And he's the teenager. He's the, he's the sulking, whiny, hormonal teenager. Oh, they won't give me any money. Mummy and daddy won't give me any money to buy players. Mm. You know, so the transformation of Man U is startling. And as much as I agree with you mm. that, of course, Barcelona are the overwhelming favourites, I'm not a betting man, but if I was... I wouldn't be putting any money, money on, on Barcelona. Barcelona. No, I wouldn't because I think that Man U at the moment are so unpredictable. If the fans go and they get fired up and they're all there and Ferguson goes along mm. and Cantona goes along, now they're talking about bringing Paul Scholes back. Now he's got fired yes. or resigned <laughs> by Oldham. That was a weird one. but we'll, yeah. Yeah. So he's got all the old boys there. He's got that momentum there. He's got the yeah, class of 99 yeah. spirit back. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mm. bet against Man U. No, I wouldn't bet against them either. However, just going on form and Barcelona's legacy in the Champions League. I think they beat Manchester United twice in the finals in 2009 and 2011. So they have Manchester United's number. So that's what I'm afraid of. And I don't know if you mentioned this, but I was a Manchester United fan growing up uh, until I reached puberty, like mm. uh, Neil. Last and, week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> last week. Yeah. And I absolutely loved Manchester United. The whole Paul Scholes, Gary mm. Neville, Eric Cantona, yeah. even when Cristiano Ronaldo was David there. David Beckham. David Beckham, of course. My superstar. friend David Beckham, yeah, as I mentioned Neil's on the show. Since when, Neil? I've met him three times. Oh, so that And I tell everybody, now. I tell everybody the third time he remembered me, but I don't think he did. I, I tell everyone he <laughs> winked at me, but I think, a, I think he had something in his eye. He had a special moment when he, remember when London and Colette and I were working sure. together at this time when um, London won the right to uh, yes. host the 2012 Olympics. That's right. And, uh, I, and Colette and I worked on SportsCenter, that uh, show on ESPN. And of course, the award was given here in mm. Singapore. Mm. Uh, City Hall. Yeah. City Hall, you know, and running around uh, Raffles Raffles City and all that. And he had a moment when um, they actually won. He looked at David Beckham. David Beckham turned around, six rows behind. He was there. I was in the room. And they're, 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 their eyes locked. Correct. <laughs> For but, about a quarter of a second. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so that's, that's what That was the moment, no, because was I'd it? already interviewed him a few times. And then leading up that week, we'd had a conversation that we're both from the same part of, similar part of East London. My cousin went to the same school as Beckham. So we were talking about how it would, and it didn't actually transpire, but how it would be great for East London, you know, Mm. transform the uh, rundown area, our childhood home. And so we had a bit of a a thing there. Connection. Connection, a very spiritual, geographical connection. Mm. And then when, whoever it was, was it Samaranch? I can't remember. Whoever stood up and said, London, 2012, big cheer and everything. I looked across at Beckham oh, and he looked back at me. No way. And he winked. My wife says he had a twitch, but I'm saying he winked. He winked at me and that was it. I believe you, <laughs> especially you. after the exchanges that you shared it's with so David true, Beckham. Nicola. You really will believe I think anything, I'm, I'm going to pay that one. I'm going to pay that one. But let's go back to the uh, quarterfinals of the, the Champions League and the All England affair between Tottenham and Manchester City. The first leg will be played mm. on April the 9th at Spurs Stadium, the 17th at the Etihad. Colette, what's your feeling on this one? Manchester City, of course. 
Not that I'm a Manchester City mm-hmm. fan because, you know, I am red. Mm. Um, Spurs just haven't had that great a form r- recently, you know, leading up to, I don't know, this current time, Pochettino. I mean, they had such a great spell, didn't they, before mm. uh, they had a little bit of a break and then came back and just they, they just haven't been able to find their mojo of late. And when you look at the head-to-head record with Manchester City, they mm. haven't, they've lost to City the last three mm. times mm. that they met. So again, City, I think, has Spurs' number. I can't see past Manchester City here. They, they are going to whip Spurs and I know a lot too. of I know a lot of Spurs fans mm, and there's they're, a they're lot around be, Singapore absolutely and, and they're going to be very disappointed to hear me say that but there's no way they're going to be able to make it to the semi-finals of the Champions League against Manchester City you're right on current form uh, you're right 100% I just hope you're wrong because and I've said this before on this show and in my columns I wrote a column this week about this saying that Liverpool deserves a hell of a lot more respect than they're getting this idea that they're tanking they're folding they're flopping mm. they're not at all if you look at Liverpool's and it's relevant to Manchester City if you look at Liverpool's current points total it's ahead of Manchester United in I think 6 or 7 of the 13 titles they won under Sir Alex Ferguson they've only lost one game all season the point I'm making is that even though they've had this spectacular, record-breaking season, mm. they're still one point behind a club that, not, that there's never been the like of in British football. And I personally believe, I'm of the opinion, that it's borderline immoral because you've got a club here that can buy the title every year, mm. can buy the Champions League every year. Financial doping. Yeah, financial doping. I mean, the current phrase, the popular phrase is sports washing. This idea that you're using money from the Middle East and using it to filter through a club to clean up your image on the global stage. And this is becoming an increasing phenomenon. So much so that the Guardian newspaper is now running regular features, special reports on where the money from the Mm. Middle East is going. And it's funding Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester City, you know, Arsenal Stadium, blah, blah, blah. So this sports uh, sports washing is a serious thing. And as much as I like Manchester City, I love watching them play. I think they're very exciting. I think you have to be very careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because if, if Manchester City win this season, the title, uh, as well as maybe or maybe not the Champions League, I don't see any way back. Because this is the greatest season Liverpool have had forever. They're stretching every nerve and sinew. Every player is giving 110%, maybe Salah aside. They're all overachieving. And yet, they'll probably still finish second. But what can you do? I find it terrifying. I think I so I genuinely too. find it terrifying that there's nothing in place. There's current uh, allegations, probably more than allegations, about um, uh, Manchester City spending mm. in the Champions League. And it's a terrible thing to say, but I think that if they are found guilty of, as you call it, financial doping and, uh, and falling foul of the FIFA, uh, UEFA Fair Play uh, regulations, booting them out of the tournament which is a possible uh, mm. consequence, consequence yeah. might be the only way you're going to... And that's a terrible thing to say, that the only way you may stop this financial juggernaut is by kicking them out. So as much as... I'm a West Ham fan. I hate Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the blood. It's in the DNA. You have to hate Tottenham if you mm. support West Ham. But I'd love to see an upset. Because I find... I don't know about you, Colette, but I find the, the, the ramifications a bit worrying. Yeah. You know, I, I said that I was a Manchester United fan mm. growing up. I've kind of lost interest in all the big leagues uh, mm. around the world mm. just purely because it's the clubs with the most amount of money who are able to go out and buy the best players in the world. So at the which, end of the which day... Which has always been the case. That's not a new thing. But now it's a chasm. Mm. It's an unbridgeable chasm. People always say, oh, yeah, but man, you had money in the 90s. Liverpool 
Liverpool had money in the 80s. Did you see Liverpool in the 80s? They, the players looked like they turned up from the chip shop. <laughs> you know, I mean, they only earned about... When I was a kid, my dad used to go drinking in the same bars and clubs that West Ham footballers went in. Mm. They only earned about 100, 200 pounds a week more yeah. than my father as a plumber. Yeah. So although they still earned good money, they didn't earn astronomical money that they do now. So clubs have always won the title with money, generally. Even Blackburn Rovers in 95 mm, and yeah. Nottingham Forest and Derby under But like Clough. you said, the chasm is but so it's a huge chasm now. now. And I just the top hope it's and not, the bottom. Yeah, I just mm. hope it's not an unbridgeable chasm. Okay, prediction time for the Champions League. Not just the quarterfinals, mm. but the ultimate winner. And despite all what Neil said, I'm going to go for Manchester yes. City. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for Manchester City to win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yes. me too. And I, and I think, um, I don't, I agree with you, Colette. It's not going to be Manchester United against Liverpool, sadly, in, mm. the, in the semi-final. That's my prediction. What about you, Neil? I'm going to go Liverpool <laughs> for no other reason than I think you're both right. But I just want to give, I just want to give, I just want to give a contrarian view. I can't say Manchester City out loud, even though you're probably right. So I'm going to say Liverpool hey. or Porto. Uh, Poor Ajax, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they've done yeah. so well yeah. uh, up till this point in time. They've, you never know. There's a great club. Yeah. Still yes. producing players after yes. decades. And still young producing kids players. as well yeah. playing for this club. You know, you never know what's going to happen against Juventus. They have nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. They can go all out and just try to bring down those Italian giants. But that's not important. What's important is West Ham qualifying for the Europa League, <laughs> which that won't happen either. Uh, we're looking forward to those uh, quarterfinals, ninth and 10th, the first legs of the UEFA Champions League. We're going to have more from Colette Wong and on from Neil Humphreys a bit later right here on Money FM.